following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Did not think we'd ever get here. So many podcasts start. People lose interest. They have stuff come up. I mean, it's a dedication. People who do this for hours every day, in addition to their full-time jobs. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. We we do it for an hour and change once a week. Mm-hmm. But we have made it to episode 100. If I had some sound effects for cheering or fireworks going off i would play them. well one of those buttons probably does but i'm not <laughs> sure which one we didn't test it out pushing all of yeah. them we're not going to do that so um yeah it's episode number 100 and uh kind of to pseudo celebrate we're gonna have uh i think it's only our second maybe third i've lost track um we're gonna have a guest we're gonna have jamesville gazette sports writer john barry in addition to all the normal stuff that we talk about so um, John has been laid up with a with a busted ankle and a busted foot, and he's had an opportunity to take in a whole lot of things other than sports. But that's where that's what we'll stay with. So we'll see what uh, he has to offer up. Never shy about uh, his his opinions. No, he's he's the best. And uh, and then at the end, I got a little I got a little something I'm going to oh, drop as well. Okay, so, excellent. Um, yeah, well, kind I, of our like this. our big action packed show that's not that big and not that action packed. But hey. Just play along, folks. We, we have Just a play along. we have a very loyal listener base. No matter yes, if we it do. Doesn't need to be a thousand or two thousand. We'd love that. That'd be great. But again, that's why we say, tell your friends. That's how you build such things through word of mouth. Um, so we appreciate you being here. Uh, obviously, listening, downloading, subscribing, and uh, we encourage feedback as well. So we got a lot of stuff. We'll of course spend most of the time in the NFL. Uh, a little bit on the NBA. And uh, then we'll talk uh, 100th episode, kind of take a walk down memory lane, and then Dan's got uh, something special um, to talk about in addition to our uh, chat with John Barry. So um, let's start with the NFL, and uh, as we always do, <laughs> I the, the text from you was expected when a 10-point fourth quarter lead was blown and uh, the fumble was recovered by Detroit, and it, before you knew it, it was six straight losses for the Bears. I think I texted you just bears gonna bear. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what. It, well, and I, and I wasn't even mad. That that was the thing about it. That's when you know that you just reached this wrong, different right. level of indifference, right. where it was like I actually kind of started laughing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? After all that, they're gonna blow this yeah. game and lose. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things. I think you've texted me multiple times when they've lost. They're finding new ways to yeah. lose. It's a different way. It seemingly every time it happens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're you're almost at a loss for adjectives anymore right, with, you, with, you, with you what's going on. That's I mean, right. I can get on here every week, but I just keep saying the same thing over and over and over. Um, I mean, the, the the funny thing about it is, like, they scored 30 points. Trubisky was fine. He wasn't bad at all. He wasn't great. He was fine. Um, for some reason, they they decided to run the football. They had three rushing touchdowns, two by Montgomery, and for whatever reason, when Trubisky is the quarterback, Montgomery has really good games. 
When Foles is the quarterback, he doesn't. So something's going on there. What that's about. Uh, but man, I tell you, at the end of the game, there, Nagy, he he's his incompetence with the play calling, and and if you want to, he pawned it off on somebody else. If you want to blame this Bill Lazor, who's allegedly calling, calling the plays, the plays right. okay. At the end of the day, it's Nagy. You're held responsible. You're you're up. You're what was it? So you're up three. You're up three. With two minutes to go on your own 15, third and four, and you're going to drop back to pass with a quarterback who you know makes poor decisions and you know who doesn't have great pocket awareness, and you fumble. And Detroit recovers it. Two plays later, they score the go-ahead touchdown and win the game. Just run the damn ball. Like, all you want is for the clock to run. That's it. That's your, one, that's your one goal as the coach in that position. Then they get the ball back, march down the field, get to a fourth and short, and then run the ball and get stuffed, yep. and the game is over. I, I don't understand. Like Somebody that is way smarter than me in football, maybe we'll have to ask Lauren Cox sometime. He's a big bear guy. Like. Am I wrong? Is that the right? Like, am I looking at football the wrong way? Are we all wrong and they're right? Like, what is going on? I would love to talk to a coach that is offensively, not considered a genius, but somebody who is very innovative and creative with how to scheme and chart plays and just kind of, you know, kind of map things out of what your strategy is and then just lay down that choice, those choices and say, can you point out to me what the coaches were likely thinking while making those decisions. And I would just like to see, and it's somebody that doesn't even have a vested interest because yeah. I know, I know some of these coaches, it's, it's a club mm-hmm. and they won't call out certain people for certain things because that's just how it works. But I would like to see somebody that has no skin in the game. Just be like, I don't really understand what's happening. I mean, like we said, Troy Aikman last week, yeah. he said, I'd love to tell you what the strategy was, but I can't figure it out. Right. I mean, I would like to hear That's a Hall that. of Fame quarterback right. that can't figure it out. Right. So something, I again, you can say the same thing every week. But saying all of that. Still had a chance to win the game. Get a fucking stop, defense. Like, you're supposed to be good. You got Khalil Mack. You got Akeem Hicks. You got Eddie Jackson. You got Kyle Fuller. You got Roquan Smith. You got dudes. I guess you I, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. And you blew it. I didn't know Detroit's offense was that prolific to... 400 passing yards for Stafford. To really gouge that Bears yeah, defense. Yeah, that's inexcusable. But, so Something something is, has happened there. With the defense? Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a disconnect, and I don't know if it was when Nagy called them out right after, after that the last, Packer yes. game, yep. and that pissed them off because those guys are looking around going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're giving up 17, 20, 21 points, and we're losing games. And the one week we don't show up, you're going to call us out? Right. Fuck you. Yep. Maybe there's a little of that going on right now. I don't know. Last week, they or maybe maybe it was the Packer game, they didn't have Hicks, one of those yes. two games. Yep. And, and he's not the best defensive player, but he's their most important. He makes a difference. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way to describe it. But... This defense is is 
going in the wrong direction, and they got four games left. Hope they lose them all. Hope they lose them all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Better draft right. pick, man. Give me the eighth pick instead of this 14th. Is there a certain point of a season where you reach, and I know, I mean, this is six straight losses, and I saw that I think yesterday he came out and he said that he thinks he has the support of management, but he hasn't had any yeah, meaningful conversations. What are you going to say? I know. Um, but, I mean, until you're fired, like McCarthy didn't see it coming, which some of these coaches that say that, it's like, don't you see anything that's happening? Aren't you, like, are you wearing blinders that much to not see what is actually reality you know what i mean like yeah. can't, can't you sense like yeah if i'm if i'm the owners or if i'm the president of you know ted filter i'm pissed at me you know of course i would be worried for my you don't just go out and say we got a six game losing streak i'm confident in my job security can you be that yeah. naive i guess well i i guess in those situations i just don't know what really else these guys are gonna say yeah because they're never going to throw themselves under the bus. Of course they're going to have a pile of bodies there before them. <laughs> it's just how this works. Right. But uh yeah, at the end of the day, they're the worst team in the north. Yeah. Um I think they might win one more game. I think they play Jacksonville yet. They got a chance to beat Jacksonville. So they're probably looking about 6 and 10. Um and then I hope for a full teardown. That's that's, that's all I can that's hope gonna for. That's going to get you maybe round top 10. Early teens, maybe. Probably, yeah. Some, I, like I'd, I'd have to look, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else you just want no, to move on? that's it. <laughs> I, that's it. I don't want to talk about the Bears anymore. There's nothing else to say. No, and I, I mean, I, I kind of, the, the game was just uneventful for me for the Packers. I mean, Rodgers has 400 touchdowns. He hits Adams twice. He's got another one to Tanyan. Um, and a and a fourteen point win that was really I mean Philadelphia started to get back in there and as bad as as Carson Wentz played Jalen Hurts came in and he kind of little fire under their ass and well you know and that happens a well, lot well it does but I know. mean Wentz has been on the steady decline for a little bit they've stuck with him he didn't produce he got hammered in the pocket multiple times and I, I mean if you're Peterson you kind of finally have to do something. Yeah. I mean, I, his hand was pretty much forced, and now Hertz is going to make the start this weekend. Um, you know, he made that announcement uh, yesterday. So um, special teams continues to be bad. I mean, that that tackle attempt by J.K. Scott was laughable. Well, he's had a couple of those this year. Laughable. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people well, have kickers said— Kickers aren't athletes, man. No. And, and he've said, he's, he, people have said, you know, you we, we need to make a punting change. Like, people are worried about Mason Crosby, and like— I'm more worried about the punting game because Scott has not lived up to his billing for where that they've taken him and 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 the and the position that that they're relying on him in certain games. So, um, but like I mean, you put it perfectly in the note. It was it's just ho hum. You know, the only time it got exciting after the slow start was towards the end when the Eagles were kind of making a little bit of a comeback. He got yeah. a little nervous, and and then the Packers cracked off that huge run from Aaron Jones to put it away. But you and I were texting during the game. Green Bay's not one of those teams that slams the door on people. No. They can't do it for some reason. And I'm not saying you got to blow them out by 30 or 40 points, but when you get the opportunity to really hammer it home and stomp on their throat, they're just too conservative. And now this is kind of the second, or, or the defense isn't good enough, and now this is the second coaching regime that really doesn't have that killer instinct, I feel like. You know, that's not, I don't see that on the field. 
I don't see that aggressiveness from start to finish. Sometimes I think the Packers can be their own worst enemy, and this has kind of been a symptom of the Aaron Rodgers era. I think sometimes they just score too fast. Like, sometimes to put these teams away, put to put bad teams away, you need, like, the 13-play, 10-and-a-half-minute opening drive of the third quarter to just go up 24-3. to This game is over. Pack your bags. Let's just play the string out. This is done. Where it's just demoralizing. But, like, the Packers yeah. will come out and score in the third quarter, but they'll score in, like, three minutes. Yeah. And they're like, okay, hand the ball. And it's like, oh, if you're the Eagles, you're like, well, we still got a lot of time left, right? You know, right? So, like, like we can trade with these guys. That's fine, because yeah. So, I don't know. Um, well, I th- I looked at their win. I looked at their schedule, man. I mean, they got it's cake. They got the Lions, yep. the Panthers, the Titans, Titans, and the Bears. Yep. Uh, the Titans have no chance to beat Green Bay unless Derrick Henry goes absolutely nuts, because the Titans' defense will not stop the Packers. It's a sieve. So worse than Green Bay's defense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, at worst, the Packers are going to be twelve and four. I think they go thirteen and three, get the number one seed. Really? Uh, the Saints still have to play the Vikings and the Chiefs. So, right. and we don't know what the hell's going on with Breeze. I mean, no. You heard he might be back in a week or so, but I mean, the guy's forty. He's got his like insides fell out. <laughs> like you know, he hasn't out, and he hasn't yeah. played in a month. So right. I don't think he's going to come back firing on all cylinders. All right, um, let's go through the Week 13 results. We'll, we'll kind of go through some of this quickly. We want to have enough uh, time for, for Bear. Um, there was no Thursday game. It started with the Saints and the Falcons. Atlanta at least made it interesting, but Taysom Hill, um, another win in relief. Yeah, and, I mean, Atlanta had their chances to win. Uh, they just, you know, the Saints' defense was able to keep them under 20 points. Saints got a hell of a defense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland best win probably I, on of, of their season. I gotta tell you, so I I wasn't I didn't watch I didn't turn football on until like quarter to one. Okay, because I was just doing some other stuff. I kind of had the Bears on in the background, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really paying much attention early in the game. And I happened to look at my phone because I have Derrick Henry on my fantasy team, so I was like, ah, I want to check and see. It was thirty-one to seven with like ten minutes left yeah. in the second quarter. I'm You're like pounding him. What the hell? Yeah. The, the the Browns haven't scored 30 points in like two months. <laughs> and they had it in the second quarter, and then they hung on for dear life yes. to win that game. But, yeah, absolutely huge win for them. <laughs> I cannot believe this team is sitting at nine wins mm-hmm. with four games to go. Now, they have a tough road down the stretch. They got the Steelers and the Ravens yet to play. But, and again, man, we talked about it earlier with the Panthers and McCaffrey. Got some Ewing theory going on with Beckham. Absolutely. Big, big time. Yes. As soon as that guy went down, this team kind of took off. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, Dolphins beat the Bengals. You've already been on record saying Cincinnati's not going to win oh. again. This is I, I wouldn't have want to watch this game. Um, I mean, good for John. He's a Dolphins fan. Yeah. For some reason, we'll dive into that when we talk to him. So he's probably happy, at least, that they get a victory. And um, that, that AFC East... I mean, Buffalo's on top, but it's, I mean, it's at least very competitive. Yeah, and, and Miami, I don't, they're they're kind of the, them and Arizona are the two teams right now that I can't really Figure tell out, you if yeah. they're any good. Mm-hmm. Like, Miami's 8-4, and four, but they got this quarterback back and forth, and, you know, I, I, I'm just not sure about okay. that team. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Vikings game, which is which was just a debacle from the kicker's perspective because Dan Bailey missed two extra points, they had a chance to win it with, a, I think it was a 54-yarder. He missed that, 
and then they had to go to overtime, and then he hit a chip shot one to win it in overtime. That's a game that probably should have been a lot, the score should have been a lot further apart than it was. Shouldn't have gone to OT at all. Look at this team, man. Six and six, Minnesota. Who'd have thought? What were they, 0 and 4? Yeah. Yep, and you said at the beginning, you, you said the last couple of weeks they're going to wind up with a better record than the Bears. Oh, there's no question. Now. Oh, no but, question. But they're back to 500, and they're right now, I think they're, they own the last wild card spot. So we'll go over that in, yeah. in, in just a second. Um, Vegas was five seconds away from handing the Jets their first win. And then the Jets call an all-out blitz. I mean, this was send the house and... Car hits, I think it was rugs down the sideline for a bomb, and they get a victory. And now they already fired Greg Williams, their D coordinator. I mean, if there was ever a time that you would look into somebody throwing a football game, there you go. I mean, it just made no sense. And obviously, everybody in the Jets organization Probably felt glad. the same way because yep. they fired his ass the next day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, but somehow Adam Gase is still employed, which is just unbelievable. I guess you're just riding it out. If you want to hang on to him to more guarantee that you get the first pick, okay, yeah, that's what you want. Um, Indianapolis over Houston. I didn't catch any of this game. Twenty six twenty. No, no, nor did I. Okay. Um, Rams by ten over the Cardinals, and now the LA first in their division, and the Cardinals slide kind of continues. They're they're kind of the sleeper team in the NFC, I think. Nobody's talked a lot about them. I mean, Arizona and the Seahawks have gotten most of the talk out of that division. Rams are good, man. Like when, when, when Goff's good, they're as good as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really good against the Cardinals. And man, the Cardinals have lost four out of five. And they're a Bernard Hopkins hail mary catch over three dudes away from five straight losses. I think Kyler Murray's hurt. Um, he's got a shoulder thing. He has not been running as much as he did earlier in the season. I mean, he was he was on pace to break a bunch of rushing records from the quarterback spot, and uh, you haven't seen that much the last three weeks. So their schedule does not get any easier. They are really teetering on thin ice of whether or not they're gonna they're gonna end up being a playoff team. And this is one of those teams I talked about it a couple times this year because I've watched so many of their games. They're just really, 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 really poorly coached. <laughs> They just are. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers are another team. I, you know, everybody well, says great things about Anthony Lynn, but... We can skip ahead to that because they, ridiculous. Got, they got absolutely blasted by New England to the tune of 45-zip. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand how you get beat that badly at home against a team whose quarterback didn't even throw for 100 yards. Cam Newton didn't even throw for 100 yards, and they beat you 45 to nothing. I don't get that. And you just got Eckler back in your backfield... So you, you were at full strength offensively. And, I mean, I know Herbert, you know, Belichick just makes rookie quarterbacks his bitch. He has his whole career. That's his thing. Yeah. That's his thing. You, you, if there was one game you were going to put money on last Sunday, this was the game. But 45 to nothing? Man. That's a lot. And somehow, some way, this Patriot team will not die. <laughs> and... The whole Belichick, Brady, who needed more who. I think if you know anything about sports, you know they needed each other. It's a marriage. Yeah, you're right. But this Patriot team is no good, and they are 6-6. Six and six. They have a chance with a month to go in the season to make the playoffs. Bill Belichick's the best coach at all of all time. I, I, I just think that that needs to just be put to bed. Okay. 
Fair enough. Um, you weren't surprised at this. This shocked me, but I haven't watched or, or read or listened to a lot about the New York Giants, but I, I think this can probably end the Russell Wilson for MVP campaign yeah. Yeah. with Seattle losing at home to the Giants. Um, but you pointed out their defense, and I again, I haven't looked at football reference to check any standings or well, whatever. Your boy Blake Martinez is, is a freaking tackling machine. Well, he was in Green Bay and as he, well. He's he's going to be an all-pro this year. I mean, the guy's having a great year. Well, then that would tell me that Mike Pettin did not put him in a position to succeed I mean, that, for, with the rest of the defense. That Giants defense is legit. I mean, you got some guys there um, that were high picks at other places and didn't work out and ended up on the Giants and are playing well. That team's won five out of seven games after starting 0-5. And to not only did they beat Seattle on the road, they beat him with Colt McCoy. Yeah as their quarterback, and I don't think he threw for 100 yards. So, you know, this is, I don't know, I don't know if it's a because of the COVID thing, why it's so weird this year, but, like, the Giants were 0-5 and the Vikings were 0-4. And, and if you would have said that going into week 14, those two teams were going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Extra spot or no. You would have never yeah. believed that. Right. But they've completely turned their seasons around. And kind of got back to doing what they were doing, and they got got some guys healthy. In the case of the Vikings, they got a little experience under those D-backs belts after just having to, I mean, first game of the year, you got to play Rodgers. Right. I mean, that, that was murder not, for those not guys. Not real fair, yeah. Um, Denver got out to a lead. Kansas City had to rally. Uh, they do, the, the, the Chiefs do beat the Broncos, but, I mean, it didn't sound pretty from what I read. It's just one of them old school division games, yeah. man. You know, everybody knows what everybody's doing. And I think Kansas City's just kind of like, just get us to the playoffs. Just get us to the playoffs. Um, saw this one kind of, not maybe you, particularly this game. That's but what I mean. I, you saw Pittsburgh's loss coming. I was just going to say, how many people would have picked Washington to pull that off? Though? Probably not this particular game, but. And I know you like Roethlisberger for comeback player of the year. Not but, anymore. But right no, now it's got to no, be Alex. Not after what Alex. I mean, they're tied for the division lead. I mean. Albeit bad. Yeah, bad but division. I mean, you, you, you still need to be better than your other, the, other, the other teams in your division. Yeah. And, and you went on the road and you beat the yep. undefeated team. team. Yeah. Um, Buffalo by 10 over San Francisco. Bills still in the lead in their division. Game was played in Glendale because the 49ers can't play in Santa Clara for a while. I'll be really interested when you. Speaking of the MVP, you brought up Wilson. I'll be really interested to see how many votes Josh, Josh Allen, Allen gets. Sure. He's had a really good year. He's completed like 70% of his passes this year. It's impressive. And then Tuesday night football, the Ravens ran for damn near 300 yards embarrassing. on Dallas and, embarrassing. And, and doubled them up. Isn't that the second time that's happened to Dallas this year? Didn't somebody else rack up a game like that on him? I'm sure that I mean that's probably accurate because the defense has not been it's embarrassing. the the strength of of Dallas. Like the Bears allowing Stafford to throw for 400 is embarrassing, but Stafford's capable of that. 300 yards rushing. I mean that's just flat that's, out. I used just the word earlier. Ass demoralizing yeah, for sure. I mean that you know embarrassing. Fine, demoralizing. I think is almost a better word. Yeah. Um. All right. Playoff picture. You want to go through yeah. the, the AFC and the NFC quick? All right. Um. Nothing changed at the top. Pittsburgh still holds a one seed with a uh, conference win tiebreaker over KC, uh, both eleven and one. Buffalo nine and three. Tennessee still hanging on at eight and four, also with a tiebreaker over Indianapolis in the AFC South. 
Uh, Cleveland at nine and three, Miami eight and four, Indy eight and four. Those are your three wild card teams. Raiders and Ravens at seven and five on the outside, and the Patriots still hanging around six and six. NFC Saints still sitting at the top, ten and two. Packers nine and three, Rams eight and four, Giants five and seven. Those are your division leaders. Seahawks eight and four. Tampa coming off the bye, sitting at seven and five. Vikings have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals for the last spot. Both teams at six and six. Washington, Detroit, Chicago, and the Niners all sitting at five and seven. Believe it or not, you can't cross any of these guys off yet. At even the five, Bears and the Niners at five and seven. Um, and you're entering Week 14. Yeah, uh, but the Packers with a win or a Bear Viking. Lion loss, I believe they win the division this week. Okay. So um, we're going to start seeing some teams clinch here going forward. But not a lot's changed. I mean, the big change really is Minnesota popping in there and knocking the Cardinals out. And, you know, just looking at the schedules, ah, I like Minnesota to get that last spot, unfortunately. (laughs) I would much rather watch the Cardinals, but of course, I think the Vikings are going to sneak in there. Okay. All right, let's move on to uh, week 14. There is a Thursday night game. Um, As you're listening to this, it is Thursday, so tonight will be New England and the Rams. Is this another one where New England doesn't die? But, I mean, you got to go out to L.A. They just got first. They're kind of riding high in their division. I feel like this one, though, could be a slaughter. Really? Yeah, I I just don't know. The Rams can score, and I'm not sure the Patriots can keep up. Okay. Even though they just put 45 yeah, on Yeah, but they LA. had a couple, like the, the special team debacle that the Chargers went through. They had like two punt blocks. Like they had like a roughing the kicker. They missed a couple field goals. Like it was like the worst special teams okay. thing of all time. All right. I, I think the Rams, they're, they're a better coach than that. Bears fans get tortured with Deshaun Watson coming. Trubisky's already having to answer some questions today, I saw. <laughs> really? Or they were comparing them. And oh, he's just kind of like, well, you know, you know, I'm just kind of trying to write my own story. And. It's like, God, you're a nice guy, Mitch. You suck at playing football, but bet you're fun to have a beer with. You just you want Chicago to lose. Do you think they lose? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, Dallas and Cincinnati. No. Oh my God. Thank that you. That might be the worst game on the NFL schedule this year. Whole it's year? up there. Okay. The Giants. There, the Jets played somebody like maybe there was, was a the Jet Jets, Giant game, or was maybe, it the Jaguars and the Jets? Something maybe, like something. that. Uh, Kansas City 11-1. This will be a tough game for Miami yeah. and, and for a, a Dolphins team that really needs to kind of separate itself and, and really take that get that ninth win. This is a this is a tough matchup to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, theoretically you could drop out of the playoffs here if the if the Raiders and the Ravens win. I'm not sure how all the tiebreakers fall, but yeah, that's a that's a big home game for the Dolphins, and I have no idea who's starting a quarterback for them. I don't know if they I, know. I don't think they right. I don't think they know either. Um, here's a very mediocre game that means a lot yeah. for both teams. Yeah. I mean, a 500 Cardinals team against the Giants that just beat Seattle. And again, the division yours, I mean, you can you can still get it if you're the Giants and the Cardinals. I mean, you just got to stop they the, need free, to win. the free fall. Yeah, they need to win badly. And you're going up against one of the best defenses in the league with a bad coach and a banged-up quarterback. And, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's missed the last two games with COVID. I mean, so there's there's some stuff. I, I know there's stuff going on with everybody, mm-hmm. and I think Daniel Jones is going to play in this game, but 
Yeah, this is yeah. It, it on paper it looks ugly, but it is. It's an important one. Minnesota at six and six. Another goes important one. Down to the Buccaneers at seven and five. I I will be interested in this game just because my wife is a Vikings fan, but I just want to see how another division opponent does going down to Tampa and just see if Brady can do to them what they did to the Packers. I kind of feel like this Tampa team is just kind of they're they're really kind of like the Chiefs, like just. We just got to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like Brady's a hundred, <laughs> Gronk's forty nine. Like these guys don't give a shit about the regular season. Brady's not trying to win an MVP. He, they're just trying to peak at the end of the year and play well going into the playoffs. And I still, I, I don't. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick out of the NFC. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I don't think you want to play them in the playoffs because they still got a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, Denver and Carolina, pair of four and eight teams. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Titans still with a winning record, even though their defense isn't great. Uh, but they're going to Jacksonville. That should still be their ninth win. Yes. Um, Indianapolis and Vegas. Who are the Raiders? That's a great question. Are they the team I, that plays the Chiefs tough, or are they the team that gets blown out by Atlanta and has to win on a ridiculous play against the winless Jets? I feel like you could have asked that question about the Raiders for the last three or four weeks. Oh, yeah. Who are they? Yeah. Because every time you think you know, something happens. And Indy is not much better. Are you the team that beat the Packers, or are you the team that Phillip Rivers is just turning the ball over? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jets in Seattle. <laughs> Well, it's a nice get-right game for the Seahawks. It should be. Yeah. Can they do it? Maybe. This would be really embarrassing if they lose that one. That could be one of those Russell Wilson five-touchdown Tyler Lockett 190 with three scores games, though. Okay. You know? Uh, Packers and the Lions got flexed to 325 because more people want to see Detroit, apparently. (laughs) Um, uh, For Green Bay, if, if Stafford's coming off 400 yards against the Bears defense... I'm kind of nervous that this game will be a shootout track meet sort of a thing. Um, But on the other hand, I can also see it being in the low 20s. I don't remember. You know what I mean? Was the first game close? I feel like it was. I feel like it was too. And and it seems like that that always is the case with Detroit no matter how much. See, now Packers schedule. We're both Googling yeah. this. I, I could edit this out post. But uh, no, they won 42-21. to 21 Okay, week, then. Week so two. It, was, it was kind of a down. Yeah. But now they go to Detroit. I don't know. We'll see. Rodgers has a lot of respect for Stafford and thinks he's a real good quarterback. Well, and they've had some weird games there the last couple of times they've gone. I mean, they had that one game where Rodgers had the Hail Mary and didn't the Lions, like, beat him, like, the last game of the season a couple of years ago up there or something? Right. So yeah, I mean, like I said, when they with the four hundred yards against the Bears, he's capable. Mm-hmm. You know, Galladay's a good player. You still got decent running backs, but I don't know the the Daryl Bevel magic. I don't know if he can carry it two weeks in a row. Uh, Saints ten and two against the Eagles, who are starting Jalen Hurts. If you're the, it, this is where I coaching is interesting sometimes. Okay. Why did you decide? To start Jalen Hurts against the best team in the NFC. It's <laughs> a good question. Like, I, I guess maybe you didn't want to start him last week because it's the second best team in the NFC, but, like, I don't know. That's kind of a, here you go, kid. Mm-hmm. No, I, that's, a good, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, total talk about trial by fire. Yes. Yep. But, I mean, if, if, if you're going to lead the team, you're going to have to play everybody anyway. Let's see what you got. 
Um, Falcons four and eight, Chargers three and nine. Jesus. Pass. Uh, Washington and San Francisco. <laughs> another pair of sh- another terrible game. That five kinda and matters. sevens. No thanks. And the and these are all the late games because they're on the West Coast. Yeah. No, well, no wonder they flex the pay. Like we got to find somebody to play. Yeah. People still want to watch Aaron Rodgers. That's not a crap game. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the Steelers on Sunday night at the Bills. That'll be a good game. That's not bad. And then uh, Baltimore and Cleveland. I man, if the Browns can win this one, that's big. And it's at home. Um, I mean, where are they in? The, I mean, they're, they're they're trailing the Steelers, but yeah, they're I mean, two back of the Steelers. They're ahead of Baltimore, and right, and they're two ahead There's, of Baltimore. So right now, right now they're the five seed. They're the top wild card going into this week at nine and three. So all right, we'll see. Okay, that is your that's your NFL. Um, we rolled through it a little bit faster. We're gonna we're gonna get to a Gazette sports writer John Barry in just a bit. Let's uh, touch on the NBA. I. <laughs> I laughed at this story when I saw it, and I think I talked about it on Monday, when Connaughton and Middleton got Giannis some pens for his birthday and left it in his locker. Yeah, well, everybody on the team gave him a pen. <laughs> and and today was the first day he met with the media. Which, yeah, right, yes. Well, I'll, I'll – Okay. I have some it's, – it's, it's, there's some weird stuff going on. Okay. But he did say that when they first gave it to him, he didn't know what it meant. Are you? And then he got a bunch of them, and then he thought it was funny, and then he got like twenty of them, and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> how, how long? You got to remember, dude. To... This guy's not I American. Know. Like he's it ta- he's a little slow Love on the, the take uptick. here. Yeah, that's know? right. So, um, so no Giannis contract yet. He has until what the beginning of this, the twenty first. He's got nine days. The twenty first. Yeah. Okay, because the season starts on the twenty second. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are are we clock watching this thing at this point, or doesn't it really matter? Well, I, I'm not – I mean, my my stance on this has not changed, right. but there is a little weirdness going on. I mean, today was Giannis's first media availability. Everybody else on the team has spoken. Some guys have spoke multiple times, which I thought I thought that was a little odd. I mean, I understand that the, they're trying to shield him a little bit from the obvious questions that are going to be asked, All the but time. that's the rub, right? If you don't sign – in the next nine days, this is going to be your next seven, eight months. Topic number one, every time. Every city you go yep. to, that beat writer for that team and that sideline reporter for that team, when you're in the locker room after the game or, or whatever, whenever anybody gets to ask you questions, it's the first question. So you can alleviate the question by signing, or if you're not comfortable or ready to do that right now, which is your prerogative, you got to deal with this. You can't hide from it. Um, there is some hand-wringing going on by the fan base. I am reading some stuff and and following some people on Twitter. Um, people are getting nervous. I'm, you know, I, I was asked today by a friend, you know, did the is the Bogdanovich thing really a sticking point in him not signing? And, and I don't think so. Um, I'm sure he's disappointed that they didn't get him because they he thought they were and he would have been a nice addition. I don't think Bogdan Bogdanovich is the is the yes or no as to right. why they win the title. The big catalyst, sure. Uh, he would have been a nice piece, but he's not the he was he would have been the fourth best guy in the team. Um, usually, those guys aren't the reason why you win a title, unless it's Tyler Hero and he's throwing in <laughs> shots out of his ass in a bubble. Um, the preseason starts Saturday against Dallas, 
and then they play Dallas again on Monday, both of them here in Milwaukee, and then they have one more uh, preseason game next week. And then the, the season starts on the 22nd, so there's a lot to do. There's a lot to put in. I saw some videos of Giannis and Holiday working out today. That's uh, encouraging. Um, everybody, it sounds like everybody's healthy. They haven't had any issues. Um, but the the whole Giannis will he or won't he thing, it's... It gives you. It makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable as a fan, just naturally. Even I'm not worried that he's going to leave the Bucks, but you always kind of have it in the back of your head because it's certainly possible. Um, but and and it was reported today again on ESPN. He loves Milwaukee. He loves the Bucks organization, and he and he he just wants to win, which is one of the phrases I hate more than anything because like who wants to lose, right? Said nobody wants to win a more a championship more than me. Well, yeah. Well, no. I, everybody I, I think to. everybody wants to win one as equally. As right. Yes. All the great players do. Right. Um, I I think that you know he made a couple comments today. He's leaving this negotiation up to his agent and general manager John Horst and the Bucks ownership. That's an interesting comment because there really is no negotiation in theory because. The Bucks are going to offer you the max. The terms are set. You cannot negotiate higher than that. Right. The only negotiating that would be taking place would be if he was to sign a shorter deal. But by doing that, you're sacrificing $85 million. So I'm not sure that makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people in the NBA that are around it have said he, he would be foolish to sign it right now. He should wait. And put the pressure on the Bucks. I don't know what the hell you these people think the Bucks are supposed to do. I mean, they traded for Bledsoe a couple years ago. They paid Middleton. They paid Lopez. They traded for Drew Holiday. They tried to trade for Bogdanovich. Hell, they signed Giannis's brother, who has zero business being on an NBA roster competing for a title. That roster spot and that money could be going somewhere else to somebody that might contribute. The Nassus is never going to contribute in a meaningful NBA game ever. He's just not good enough. And they're doing him a favor. If they could sign the other the, the other one that's over in Europe, they probably would too. So they've done everything they can do. They've spent all the money they can spend. At the end of the day, I think if you're Giannis, you have to look at a couple of different guys. Kevin Durant, um, Carmelo Anthony, these guys that left really good teams and really good franchises for greener pastures. In Carmelo's case, when he got traded to the Knicks because he wanted out, it didn't work. He had a little bit of individual success, but the team was no good. Denver was still better without him than the Knicks were with him. And then you look at a guy like Durant who leaves Oklahoma City, a, a, a title contender, to chase a title with the Warriors and he gets two titles, he gets two finals MVPs, he beats LeBron, and he doesn't get the credit that he thinks he's going to get by going and doing those things. So if you're Giannis, do you want to go play with Luka in Dallas and be the number two guy and never get any of the credit just because you quote-unquote want to win? Okay, but these guys that are bouncing around team to team, and it's really... It's really getting bad in the NBA right now with this. What ends up happening, and maybe these guys don't care in this era, 
when your career's over, you become a man without a home. And, you know, you see some of these guys like a Reggie Miller in Indiana, Kobe with the Lakers, um, Tim Duncan and David Robinson with the Spurs. These guys are legends. They're always going to have a part with the team. It's lore. They're, yes, yeah. you're, you're a part of the history of something right. bigger than you. Not just to stop in a career. Kevin Durant has played in Oklahoma City. He left. They hate him there. He went to Golden State. He left. They don't really like him there. Now he's in Brooklyn. Eh, he's there for like two years. He could leave again, and then they're going to not like him. LeBron left Cleveland. They hated him. Then he left Miami. They hate him. The only reason Cleveland likes him is because he went back. And he won him a title. So, yep. I, I, you know, if, if you're just trying to ring count, maybe you got to leave. Maybe you do. If if you want to win three, four, or five of these things, you probably aren't going to be in Milwaukee long term. But if you win one, you're a god here forever. Mm-hmm. You're you're Favre, you're Rogers, you're Kareem, you're Oscar, you're Yount, you're Molitor. Even though those guys didn't win a title, they got to the World Series. You're those guys. You are the you. You're right. You say Bucks. You're on that. You're on that Wisconsin State. Mantle. Mount Rushmore of the greatest athletes professionally to ever play here. You're not going to be on that in Dallas. You're not going to be on that in Miami. No way. So, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to necessarily change my opinion of him as a guy because he's got so much other shit. He's got so many other people. Chirping. Mom, girlfriend, father-in-law, agent, whatever. Brothers. Brothers. Um, I'm still confident that he's going to stay. We'll see. Um, but the player empowerment's getting out of control. I mean, Harden's demanding trades. Yeah, he doesn't show up that. for training camp. Yep. He's spotted in the fucking strip club in Vegas without a mask. He's spotted at these parties in Atlanta without a mask. He comes back finally yesterday and reports. Take his takes his test. He has to, to pass six consecutive yep. tests to even be allowed to have any contact with his teammates. So he's already behind. He's going to miss they the just, start of the preseason. They just traded for John Wall. They're trying to put a team together, and he's basically like, "Yeah, I, I know you went out and got Dwight Howard." I know you went out and got Chris Paul. I know you mortgaged our future and traded all of our draft picks for Russell Westbrook because I wanted you to get those guys. I know you're paying me $40 million a year, but ah, I'm out. No, thanks. That's the, It's ridiculous. That, that's the type of stuff that makes me not like players. Well, it's the, it's the type of stuff that turns people off from the NBA. Because this shit does not happen in the other major sports. It just doesn't. I mean, Kyrie Irving the other day didn't show up for mandatory media day and sent an email instead, basically telling the media, all you people do is take what I say out of context, so I'm not talking. That's good. Well, that's going to win you points. Like Stephen A. said this morning, here's the thing, though. When you sign that contract with the Brooklyn Nets, part of that money that you're making, that's because you have to talk to the media. So they're going to withhold that? You, you, you don't want to talk to me? That's fine. You should be fined every day. Every day that you don't do that. You may not like it. Don't say anything. Don't give them anything. Give them one-word answers. But this this arrogance that these guys have, that they're they're above everybody else, you know, and, and it's like, James Harden, yeah, you're a great player. What, what you're going to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? 
you think that's going to get you like some kind of some kind of cachet, <laughs> some some credit? That's not how it works, right. man. So, all right. I don't know. The typical shit in the NBA, a lot of drama off the court. Yes. I'm just ready for the games to start again. Bucks start the preseason Saturday against Dallas. They play them again Monday at the Fiserv, and then I think their third game's down in New Orleans. Sounds right. I want to say so. Uh, we'll get to see our boy Blood again. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, Mavs this weekend and Monday. I think we're going to get the get the Monday game on on CLO. So we'll get a little Bucks preseason basketball. I gotta uh, I gotta think they're on probably the on FS Wisconsin. I would think since they're at home. Doesn't matter to me. Well, yeah, you can't. You're the you're that guy that can't get anything. I, I chased Fox Sports Wisconsin from one one provider to another, and then they axed it anyway. Doesn't does Charter have it? Charter and Directv are the only two that I know of that have it. Yeah, like they they bailed on you on Hulu right after they bailed on YouTube TV because everybody after they bailed right after the Brewers regular season because they extended it. You know, they're like in, into the play. Like, okay, we'll keep we'll keep this. We've reached an extension. They didn't say how long it was. Two days after the Brewer season ended, contracts over. We're dropping Fox Sports Wisconsin. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! So then everybody comes and it's like, well, Hulu, whatever. Two days later, we've dropped Fox Sports Wisconsin. I'm like, so not Hulu, but Charter and uh, and Directv are the only two that I know of where you can get this channel. Hmm. It's unbelievable. Well, I've had Directv for over a decade, and I'm I'm happy that I have it. So. Maybe Uverse. I've already been there. I'm not. Yeah, going I'm pretty back, sure Uverse so, has it. Um, I, well. We are. Actually, I, 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 don't I, I, don't I don't know. So we'll see. A lot of people have said, wait till these sports seasons start back up, and then maybe you'll see Sinclair Company negotiate. I don't know. I have no faith. But um, that's our NBA. Let's get to our uh, featured guest here on our 100th episode of The Intentional Foul. Welcome to the program on our 100th episode. One of our favorite guys that we see. Around, he's been in the uh, local media scene for how long has it been? How long have you been writing and working the local media scene? John Barry, welcome to the Intentional Foul. I think I'm on about year 33. I started the Gazette in '87, uh, moved to Dallas for a few years, came back, and uh, got right back in the saddle again. So, probably been 25 years with the Gazette and uh, been doing it since '87. You have any particular highlights that stand out right away? Like, give us your top three things that you've experienced or covered in your time, whether it be local or you know going to Madison to cover the Badgers. Because we've already we've already heard your Badger stories about writing um, and doing the stats and stuff like that in in the press box as a peon working for the Badger Athletic Department. Right. Well, I I start number three probably the Warhawks went in their first uh, football. Uh, Division three championship. I was out there that day. Uh, it was kind of the middle of an ice storm. And uh, I remember getting a call from Dave Wiedeward, the former Gazette uh, sports editor, after the game was over. And I'm not kidding you, there was two inches of ice. I didn't think I'd be able to fly out the next morning. And he wanted me to go over to the Whitewater Hotel and see what they were doing. And I said, Dave, I can pretty much tell you what they're doing. <laughs> I don't need to go over and drive over what they're probably doing. They're celebrating. And so, uh, you know, Certainly just, uh, it was Mount Union. Mount Union came in as, you know, kind of the caveat, so to speak, of college Division three football. And the Warhawks went in there and, and got their first uh, national title. So that was pretty cool. And then I would say they up the 2-1 and one or, you know, the Tom Clawwater days back at Parker when, uh, when Misty Bass was there, you know, covering them on a national basis. Uh, the tournament in 
Milwaukee at Milwaukee Pius when I sat next to uh, Gino Ariemo yep. and uh, on each side of me, uh, Al Fagerly interviewed Gino at halftime, I believe, of that game. And, you know, Parker really, it kind of put, um, you know, Wisconsin certainly put women's basketball in the state on the map because they were ranked nationally for three straight years. But I think more than anything, it put Jamesville Parker on the map because, uh, you know, they really hadn't done much since that 71 state championship that uh, um, they won and hadn't done much since. And, and that was certainly, you know, uh, as good of times as I've had and covering and, you know, got to be good friends with Tom through the years and uh, good times. I still see a lot of those those women around and it, it's good to see them and, and probably, you know, take a pick on either year. They were both pretty special. Corby Lather pitched the last second shot to win it uh, in 2001. And then in 2000, really, Jenna McCarville kind of shut down. Well, they kind of equal each other out with, with Missy, but uh, Angie Somerville and, and Alex Stahlheim and them really in that supporting role just took over and uh, brought home that state title. So that's probably at the top of my list. Yeah, I remember McCarville. She was a she was an animal. Yeah, she didn't she go to Minnesota? Minnesota, that sounds right. Yeah, I, to be honest with you guys, I, she was a better high school player than Misty. Yeah, she was she was impressive, you know, very impressive. You know that's never been done before. But uh, I always said if if Misty and 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 Jenna played one on one, Jenna would beat her. So, kind of a rough weekend for Bucky. I yeah. mean, you know. The, the the hoops game against Marquette Friday, it was a good game. It wasn't a wasn't a super well played game, but it was a it was a entertaining competitive game that came down to the wire. Um, questionable call, I think you would say at the end of the game, and then uh, the the obvious failure to box out on the uh, missed free throw. What are what what were you kind of what was your range of emotions going through that? Because I know. You're a diehard Badger Hooper, so how are you I feeling? Am. Were you were you immediately thinking of me? Be <laughs> close on the yeah. but no, I mean I you know I worked with uh, Tim Seaman, who's a Marquette grad, and, and Sean Sensible, who used to work there, and you know there was always good banter within the newsroom, and kind of had bragging rights till the next time they played. So I thought of that, but uh, obviously with a with a busted up ankle. I haven't been in the office in a while, so I didn't have to get any ribbing, thank goodness. But you know what, Dan? I, when you watch it, of course, right away, your emotions run high. But I think looking back, was it the right call? It probably was. But is it a call that a lot of refs make in that juncture? No, probably not. Um, you know, they just let him play through it. And if he gets the shot off and makes it, that's fine. But, you know, looking back, uh, I know Trice and, and Guard both said, hey, look, uh, you can't put yourself in that position, whether it's a a charge or a block, you just can't put yourself in position. You got to let him shoot it. If he makes it, you tip your hat and move on. And I think, I think that's where I'm at now. But I mean, was Wisconsin the fourth best team in the country? I don't think so. No, but you know, certainly when you look back to where we were a year ago at this time, where you know I put my column the other day, we weren't even the fourth best team in the state last year at this time. So um, you know, it at least we're playing. I mean, it's something to watch and. You know, I know I enjoyed being at Parker last night watching the boys game. And, you know, times are, are really, I hate to say it, but the crappy right now. But at least it's something. I mean, it's something to look forward to. And I know for you guys, I'm sure it was fun to be back on the air. But, you know, it it can be taken away so suddenly that I just to the point where I'm just going to enjoy every game. If they lose, uh, I'm not going to be jumping off any bridges like I normally would have. <laughs> well, it's it's a fun rivalry. And it's, you know, it's... 
with not being in the same conference, it's it's a meaningful game where it's nice to maybe have have that win on your resume come selection time. But it's it, you know at the end of the day, it's it's more just for for bragging rights between alumni bases and fans. Um, you know, I, there's been plenty of years where the the crappier of the two teams have won the game, and and the team that loses goes on to bigger and better things. And I think that'll probably be the case this year. Um, just just from watching the Big Ten. ACC challenge going on right now. I mean, the Big Ten is dominating, uh, which I kind of expect year in and year out. I mean, the Big Ten is going to be the more mature, experienced league. Um, I think man for man, the ACC might be more talented, but you know, even with a team like the Badgers, I mean, you got guys like Trice and Davidson and Reavers. These guys have played a hundred plus college games. I mean, that's you don't see that a lot at the power D one level like you do with the Badgers. No, you're exactly right, and I think I think you're spot on when you're talking about the ACC versus the Big Ten. You'll see more ACC guys end up in the NBA than you will the Big Ten, simply because you know the Big Ten. Once in a while they do, but they don't get a lot of one and done. Right. You know, a lot of those teams. Look at the Badgers; are a good example. They start five seniors. I mean, that's that's so rare in this day and age, but that's where they're at. Um, you know, people complain when they didn't get Diamond Stone or they didn't get Jalen Johnson or you know all the other good players Tyler that are coming. Yeah, Tyler Hero, but that's just that's not that's not who they are. I mean, that's not their program, and that's not where they're at. And you know, are they at the same level as as the Dukes and the Michigan States and them? No, I don't think they're there yet. But they're certainly, you know, they're a top twenty program year in and year out. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, and you and, you and I were talking briefly last night after the the high school game. Um, you know, the Badgers aren't known for the one and done, and that's why I never really understood why their fans got so mad when they didn't get those guys. Uh, right. But I thought, and I think you agree with me, the, the best guys on the floor in the Badger-Marquette game were a bunch of freshmen. Uh, Johnny yeah. Johnny Davis for the Badgers, Justin Lewis for Marquette, and even though he didn't play very well, Dawson Garcia is a McDonald's All-American. He's a, a pretty highly touted kid, so... Um, I don't know how much yeah. longer guard's going to be able to keep Davis out of the starting lineup because that kid might be your best offensive weapon, and he doesn't even really need you to run a play for him. No, and, and I think that's the one thing that they're going to have to realize is that he's one of the few guys on that team that can create their own shot. You know, Davison and Trice, they got to be open. Wall's got to be open. I mean, Davis can put it on the floor, go to the baskets, uh, stop and pop if he has to, and he's just athletic. I mean, I saw that in football. They came down and played uh, Melton last year in the football playoffs, and you know it was just a matter of who had the ball last because Melton wasn't going to stop them, and and their defense wasn't good enough to stop Melton either. So, I mean, just a really, really good athlete who's he's a good fit at he's a good fit at Wisconsin because you know he's not going anywhere early. He's not going to come out after his junior year or something like that. He'll be a four year guy that uh, you know if he's I guess three quarters of the player that somebody like a Devin Harris can be, then I'm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, John, let's switch to the uh, Badger football uh, game against Indiana. That wasn't much better the next day after the Marquette game. Uh, Indiana came in, Wisconsin and what, I think won 10 in a row against the Hoosiers. But, uh, again, another tough defense that they run into, just like they did against Northwestern a couple of weeks before. Um, I think people got a little bit overconfident knowing that Penix was out and a, uh, a backup was in. But, I mean, really, the main story for Wisconsin, I think, this year, the positive has been the defense has been spectacular for the most part, aside from a couple of, you know, sloppy plays in the secondary. 
but the the offensive ineptitude with uh, a lot of the guys and no downfield vertical threat outside of that Illinois game where they just you know beat the brains out of out of the Illini. Um, you you kind of saw a net, another game against a good defense where the offense just couldn't move the ball and the defense could only hold up its end of the bargain so long. Yeah, I agree, and I think you know you think about what you feel like is the best thing to happen with Wisconsin was Jack Cohn going down with a foot injury that got Graham Mertz, the highly touted recruit, into the lineup may have turned out to be the worst thing that could have happened because fans, you know, and I probably got to put myself in that same category, had him on such a pedestal after two games. And we fail to forget those were against Illinois and Michigan who were just two not very good teams. And, you know, everybody had Grams in the conversation is, oh, goodness, he's, you know, he's going to be a Heisman guy in a couple of years. And I think it was Herb Street or one of those guys said, other than Justin Fields, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And, and again, that was after two games and against two teams that, you know, he lit up. But now you've seen in the last two games, he's missed some open receivers. He's been missing some receivers, which that hurts as well. But I think we kind of got it to a point where there was nowhere to go but down for Graham Mertz. And, you know, two games later, uh, you know, there's talk about if, if it happens again this Saturday, do they put Cone back in? Yeah, oh, Coach Christ was asked about that uh, yesterday in his Zoom call. And it, much like the basketball team, it seems on the offensive end for Wisconsin, uh, a lot of the more talented, explosive guys are your freshmen. I mean, you've got Mertz, you've got it wide out that uh, the, the the DK kid who's getting some snaps in place of Davis and Pryor now that they're hurt. And right now, Jalen Berger's your best running back. I, I, I don't know why you entertain the thoughts of Nakia Watson or keep using Garrett Groshek, but these are your breakaway guys. And in a season where you're not going to go to the Big Ten title game, the eligibility rules don't matter. You kind of see what you got out of these kids. I know you want to play, you know, some of your seniors, and Chris seems to be like a senior guy. Um, but right now, you got a couple of us offensive weapons that just aren't on the field maybe as much as they should be. No, they're not. And you know, Jalen Berger. I'm sorry, but if I'm coaching. And I look down on the stat sheet, and I see a kid's averaging seven, eight yards a carry, and he's only touched the ball nine times. Something's not right there. I mean, and that's just, you know, like you said, you want to get Groshek in there, but you and I fell in love with Groshek in the state championship yeah. game with Amherst, and I thought, boy, that kid, he's going to help somebody. And he has helped the Badgers, but he's not a starting Big Ten running back. He just isn't elusive enough. He's not quick enough. He doesn't break tackles. He's a guy that's good on a third-down passing situation or – a, four, a third and long, you give him on a draw play or something, but he's not hes not a breakaway guy. And I think Berger gives you that. And he, he showed flashes of that, but he just, as soon as they give him the ball, then they go away from him. And I don't understand that. And, you know, it's there's really no logic to what Chris is doing. Um, I thought play calling the last two games have just been, you know, I don't want to say terrible, but just not up to where they should be. I mean, well, they, they now have, the word has come out that he's handed the play, and during the summer he handed the play calling duties off to Rudolph. offensive coordinator Joe Rudolph. Yeah, and as the head coach, you got to go in and say, hey, Joe, um, what about a jet sweep? You know, what about uh, what about trying some things up instead of run, run, pass, punt? And, you know, you're relying so much on your defense, and at some point, and we've seen it the last two weeks, you get that pass interference penalty call, you get a turnover where Mertz gets, you know, he gets blindsided, doesn't see the blitz coming, and Northwestern gets good field position, or Indiana gets good field position. I mean, the defense, you hit it on the head. They play great, but you can't play on a short field all the time and expect to stop everybody, and, and that's been the case. The defense is, I think, one or two in the country in yards allowed per game. 
I mean, Jim Leonard's done a fantastic job. Hopefully, Alvarez opens up his pocketbook and, and keeps him around because you know he's going to get some looks from other colleges, maybe some NFL teams. I don't know, but he's a guy you got to keep. And, you know, the recruiting class is coming up. Next year is solid. I think they've already got three four-star recruits. They've never had that many to begin with. And I think the year after, they've, they've got some good kids in the mix as well. But, you know, with COVID and everything else, um, I just don't know some of those kids, especially the seniors, I don't know how much their heart's into it. I just felt like, you know, and I kind of got the same thing, and Dan could probably tell me if he saw the same thing. I thought Mark Marquette played harder and wanted it more last week against Wisconsin basketball and deserved to win that game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, whether you tune out or you're just not into it because of what's going on and maybe you don't think there's going to be a postseason tournament or you're not going to get to the Rose Bowl, whatever. But you know what? Those kids got to realize, you know, a lot of kids aren't getting that opportunity. And, you know, sometimes I just didn't think there was fire where it should have been. And it, it's, you know, it, people got to realize it's not going away anytime fast. So take advantage of your situation. And uh, some, some of those kids do, but I think some of them just kind of slacked off and said, hey, I'll just play out the strings and let it happen. Well, that kind of leads into the next thing. It was announced today that the Big Ten has changed their policy on the six-game mandatory to get into the uh, the conference championship game. Basically, it's to accommodate Ohio State, which I'm really fine with. And at the end of the day, um, they should be in there because they beat Indiana anyway. Um, and frankly, they're the best team in the Big Ten. It's not close. And that rule that they put in was asinine when they put it in. I mean, to put a limit on the, on a games thing at the time when you don't even know what the future was going to hold for this season was just one in, in a long list of bad decisions the Big Ten made this fall. Right, and, you know, let's face it. Ohio State butters are bread in the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, certainly, and it comes down to money. And if you can get Ohio State in the college football championship series as one of the four best teams, that's money for the conference. So, I'm not surprised that's what they did. Um, I don't know about you guys, but um, when Ohio State and Northwestern play in two weeks, Ohio State might beat them by five touchdowns. I mean, Northwestern can't score. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to slow down Ohio State that much. That might be like 42-7 to seven or something. I mean, I, I can't see any way Northwestern keeps that game close. Now, certainly I could be wrong and a turnover here, a turnover there, but uh, I agree with Dan. Ohio State is, is head and shoulders above you know, anybody else in the Big Ten. And it's probably, you know, along with Alabama, Clemson. Um, I know Notre Dame's up there, but I got to believe if Notre Dame and Ohio State play ten times, Notre Dame wins maybe once or twice. Well, That's about it. Well, maybe they, maybe Northwestern gets blown out Gary Anderson style. And then <laughs> yeah. and then Fitzgerald leaves to become the new Bears coach. Would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but what they do now. Anything but Nagy. Just, no. So are Pace and Nagy both out? One of them just out? or They, they got to be. They got to both. Well, you can't allow Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace is, has, he's had three kicks at the cat to pick a quarterback, and he's gone right. Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles. You're out of chances. Three strikes and you're done. Yeah, I agree. And and I with agree. And with Nagy, man, like, you were brought in to develop the quarterback, and you failed. You you got to go. So yep, and you know, there were times I watched the Bear game last Sunday. There were times where you know they looked decent. I, I've said for years I think David Montgomery is underutilized in that offense. Like kid, all he does is break tackles. Um, you know, gets extra yardage and, and he plays hard. And I always sometimes I'm like, is David Montgomery even in the game? Is he even mm-hmm. playing? And 
you know, the Bears defense now, you know, obviously getting uh, Akeem Hicks back is big because he's mm-hmm. kind of the glue. Really, Mac hasn't done a whole lot since, you know, that the first, first year. Yeah. Back, kind of went off that first game and had the interception for a touchdown. But it's not a name you hear as much anymore. And I don't, if keys, teams are keying on him or what, I don't know. But, you know, there's a guy they're paying a boatload of money to who's got to start producing. Mm-hmm. Talking to Gazette sports writer John Barry on our 100th edition of the Intentional Foul podcast. Uh, speaking of some NFL thoughts, one thing that you are known for is picking against the Packers in your Gazette predictions, much Love to it. the ire of some readers, which people don't really get that you're this has become a thing and it's just a shtick. Yep. Um, but also, you mentioned the fact that you're, you're a hometown boy, but you also moved down to Texas so why does that leave you a Dolphins fan? Explain how that um, kind of relationship with that team started. Okay. Well, it goes back to 1970, I believe it was. Uh, we were down in uh, Miami for Christmas vacation, and uh, my dad somehow came across some tickets to a Dolphin steelers playoff game. And, um, you know, that's certainly back with right. Greece, Sanka, and, and Bonacani and those guys. Awesome. And we went to it. And um, all I remember was going there early in the game. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess I liked the Packers. I wasn't a huge fan. But Don Shula waved at me. And um, whether he was, you know, look at me or not, I don't know. But I waved, and Don Shula waved. And from that moment on, I've been a Dolphin fan, and then, of course, when Marino came along, um, you know, as much as I love sports, Dan Marino to this day is still my all-time favorite athlete, and, uh, you know, we haven't had a quarterback since him, and maybe now with Tua, you know, we're we're taking steps, we're getting there, you know, we're in a position to get in the playoffs, and I honestly thought we were a year, year or two away, but I've been a Dolphins fan for, well, I guess it's going on 50 years now, so... See, I, I love that kind of a, a, a fandom story because that's kind of that's a little similar to me with being with the Bears, and it's like a lot of a lot of Packer fans get pissed off when people that live or are from Wisconsin aren't Packer fans, and it's like, well, yeah, but I have no, I did, I had my first connection was to somebody else for a different reason, and you know, I'm I'm a loyal dude, you're a loyal dude, John, and you know, you stick with your team through thick and thin. Yeah, and and trust me, it's it's been thin yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, I felt like in for quite a while. <laughs> so let's uh, make the transition to uh, high school hoops. You were at the game uh, with us last night, rolling in on your scooter. And uh, I mean, what what have you taken away from this this high school season? Even dating back to last spring when they called off. Uh, athletics, uh, even to the point, even last basketball season, well, they canceled the the playoffs and the state tournaments, and then nixed the spring, then they nixed the fall, and now winter has had for some school districts, it's not happening. Some have had to battle, um, some have had to been called off. I mean, uh, what's the whirlwind been like for somebody like you at a local media outlet that is so dependent on covering some of these things and and the kids' livelihoods and I mean all this stuff. It's got to be tough to just sit back and watch some of these decisions being made and seeing some of the kids and coaches have to, like, ride a roller coaster. Oh, it is. It's, I would say if there's any word, it would be frustrating. And, you know, it's so fluid and so day-to-day that uh, I go back to last week when uh, the Bluebirds were supposed to open their season and 
you know, uh, talking to Coach Marmon, they came back from Thanksgiving break. Um, he said as far as he knew, everybody was just staying with their families. Nobody was traveling or anything. And when they came back on Monday, uh, one of the one of his players tested positive. So they went from opening the season and having three games, I think, in six days to now they're pushed back to December 17th. And, and like John said, he goes, I thought we did everything the right way, what we were supposed to do, you know, whether it was practice or what kids were doing outside of the rink. And he said, it's just something like that where, you know, one kid caught it and the whole team suffers because of it. He said the kid wasn't overly sick. He just, he contracted COVID and, and that's the guidelines right now. But the one interesting thing I will tell you guys, and, and by the way, congrats on the 100th podcast because um, you guys are a, are a break from the everyday uh, you know madness that goes on. So it's nice to tune into you guys every week. So congrats on I that. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, it's the one thing I've kind of gotten all of this, and, and I look at myself going back to high school. I mean, I think high school is what it is as far as this academics. I, I never thought it was overly tough, not bragging that I'm super smart or anything, but I just felt like, if you went to class and made an effort that you're going to get through. And the one thing I've gotten from all the coaches I've talked to is how many kids they have that are struggling virtually that just aren't, it's just not clicking for them. They're not, you know, they're not getting it, whether it's they're not doing the work or they're just not being able to comprehend what's going on. But every coach I've talked to has said the same thing. We've got two or three kids that just are so much better off being in school Whereas I would think, you know, being virtual would be, you know, an advantage. I mean, you know, if, if I want to do my math assignment at six o'clock at night, I'll do it at six o'clock at night. You know, I mean, as long as you get to the class and you're there and you get your stuff turned in, it doesn't matter what time of day you do it. And I think that would be an advantage. But again, I talked to Robert DeLong last night and I said, Robert, I said, you know, you've been virtual now since March mainly. And I said, what is it like for you? He said, I actually prefer virtual because it lessens the risk of getting COVID and taking our basketball season away. So, you know, there's two sides to it, but it is so fluid, you guys, and you guys, you guys know that better than anybody. I mean, it's, it's so day to day. I know Evansville's voting tonight on uh, whether they're going to bring it back. If they do, Craig will play Evansville tomorrow night in girls basketball. Um, But the, the board has voted it down, but the rumor mill has it that even if it's voted down tonight, the superintendent of the Evansville school district will step in and say, no, we're going, we're going to let these kids play. And, uh, you know, I hope for the kids sake, that's what happens because, you know, I know there's depression. I know there's anxiety. I know there's so many things going on with these kids. And a lot of them, you know, I I think of the Madison kids, you know, they haven't done anything athletically, um, school wise since last March. And, you know, if you're a two or three sport athlete, that's a big deal. Yeah. There's club teams and there's other things you can do. And, and that's kind of become the norm, but, um, you know, look at last night. James O'Craig's swim team beat Madison Edgewood. Everyone's like, what? Edgewood's a two-time defending Division II state champion. They're loaded. Well, my guess is is all of the good Edgewood swimmers opted for club. That's, mm. that's got to be what happened because Craig certainly isn't. They're not a powerhouse. I think they only have 16 kids out. So it just it comes down to kids are now being forced to make a decision. And I think as we move on and they try to get, you know, football, going in March and everything else for those that opted for the spring season, you're going to see a lot of kids are going to have to decide, what do I want to do? Baseball, especially, you know, do I want to play on my high school team in a shortened season or am I going to jump into my club team right away in April and play on out? And my guess is most of the good kids are going to opt for love. Well, everybody obviously wants to be as safe as possible. And, and 
you know, I think everybody respects that, but they've they've had a couple of weird arbitrary rules. Um, one of which we saw last night that I had completely forgot about, which was the no jump ball before the game, which is I don't I don't get that at all. I mean, I, I, it doesn't necessarily like piss me there's off, but I don't I don't get it. There's a lot of viruses floating at midcourt. I, I guess <laughs> I guess that's the spot. That's where they congregate. But it was it was no, funny God. because they don't do the jump ball, but then there was a play in the game where like three kids were on the floor wrestling for the ball, and the wow. referee stood there for at least three to four seconds and let it happen. Yep. And then blew the whistle and called a jump ball, and it's like, how is that not worse than just a jump ball? Like, yeah. it, 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 and then a kid got a technical foul, which we didn't find, which out we about. didn't find out till after the game for mask a, protocol. A, a mask violation. Like, really, we're, we're going to give technical oh. fouls for that? It kept falling off, and they felt like he was doing it on purpose. It was coming below his nose, and they felt like he was pushing it down. Well, I had I've had players tell me that it. By the end of the game, it's it's tougher to it's tougher to get your breath. I'm I sure mean, it is. The thing's got to be oh, wet. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it, it's just and you guys know. I mean, Dan, you were a part of so many big games between Craig and Whitewater and Josh. You've been around a lot of big games. There's no atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, the, the starting lineups they just rattle off the kids' names. You know, they they run out there, they run to the sideline to take the ball out of bounds. I mean, there's just no. There's no drama. There's no buildup. There's no nothing. You just go out and play. And again, I realize, yes, it's better than the alternative, which is to not be playing. But, you know, there's no excitement. There's nothing to, you know, get excited about. I mean, it's, I remember Parker Craig games back in my day when, you know, you couldn't, there wasn't an empty seat in the house. And, you know, Wayne Larson got introduced and we all threw breakable combs at him and Larry Knutson got introduced for us and the Craig fans threw cocktail wieners on the floor. And I mean, just the good old days, the good old days of being a kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, they don't get, they didn't get homecoming. There's no homecoming dance. There's probably not going to be any prom. It's just, I mean, senior year is supposed to be one of the best years of your life. And you're spending it at home in front of a computer, except, you know, the couple hours a day, if you're an athlete that you get to go, you know, practice gymnastics or, basketball or whatever the case might be and i just i i can't imagine i can't imagine what that would be like well listen we we really appreciate you hopping on for the hundredth um we always love talking to you we're, we love seeing you at the games as, as well um i'll get you out of here on on this last question because it, it just right. popped up today um Give me your thoughts on what's going on with the snappers i mean they're 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 in the midst of they're trying to find a name uh, which is not going well. But today it was announced that they are now an affiliate of the Miami Marlins, and they are also moving up from low A to high A for the first time in like 40 years. So Studer's other team, the Blue Wahoos, they're now a double A of the Marlins. Okay, so well, now he has two Marlins affiliates. And that makes right. sense with him being a, a, my, a Florida resident. But um, some some interesting and kind of big things going on with with that team right now, and not only the 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 con, the, the conference that they're in or whatever you want to call it, they had three teams in there that were not offered affiliates. So that the Midwest now has the Midwest League has now been effectively almost blown up by this whole thing. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I mean, I think Major League Baseball had no choice but to make some cuts. But fortunately, in the case of the Snappers, which 
again, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on this. I say call them the whippersnappers. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me, wow, that's a great idea. They can keep part of their old heritage and just get some young boy with his hat on backward carrying a turtle or whatever the case might be. And um, instead, they might go with a sky carp or something, which I think is totally ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think everything is positive. I mean, when you throw in Diane Hendricks and Quinn Studer, you've got two very influential people uh, involved in the situation. Quinn, obviously, with his ties in Pensacola, um, heads an in with the Marlins, and Diane, with her, you know, blank checkbook, was able to <laughs> write, build a brand new beautiful stadium that I would think would, uh, you know, kind of mirror the one that's up in Grand Chute mm-hmm. where the state held where the Rattlers play. And, and, you know, Pullman Field back in the day was a nice place, but Josh, you guys both know it aesthetically, it's so far behind the times, yes. it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it was time. Uh, hopefully the high schools can still play there and some other teams will play there. But now you've got a venue that can not only host baseball, but you'll see concerts. Um, you'll see other things going on there as well. And so I think for Beloit, it's, it's a great thing. I think uh, it means that uh, they're locked into it and that the the future, you know, they believe in it and they believe the snappers or whatever they want to be called, the Sky Carp, are, are here to stay and, and will grow from this point. Does the fact that, and, th- and this is where we'll leave you, do, do, does the fact that it is now a, a an affiliate of a team that is so far removed from the Midwest make a difference like it was with the A's? I mean, the Brewers obviously was, that was the perfect marriage. You got the Twins, so at least you had a Janesville connection. Then you had right. the A's, which was so far away. Now you got Miami, which is so far away. I mean, does that make a difference, do you think, to the local fan base and the following that whatever the new team name is going to be called? Right, and I don't think so. You got the first two years. I don't think so. I think the lure of the new stadium is 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 the caveat that uh, that they were looking for, and I think that'll bring fans in. I know I certainly plan on going down there and watching some games. It's going to be after those first couple of years when when the newness wears off. Are they going to be able to support a team that, like you said, the Miami Marlins? Um, you know, Derek Jeter's the president. Um, you know, I thought with Oakland. You know, not so much. I mean, you and I have both been to Snappers games, Josh, where you could have shot a cannon through that stadium. There was nobody there. And I think more than anything, just having the new stadium, getting out of that neighborhood they were in and, and offering, you know, so many other things along with just to watch a baseball game. You know, you think kind of like what the Madison Mallards have done with uh, with Warner Park. Um, you know, and this is on a bigger stage, obviously, but people still enjoy the game. And if you treat them right and you give them enough things, reasons to go, uh, make it kid friendly, but also make it adult friendly. Um, I, I think you know. I think they're at least willing to try. And if if uh, it doesn't work out, um, I don't think Diane Hendricks is going to you know be filing for bankruptcy anytime soon. All right. Uh, hopefully, we'll be calling some sectional baseball there at some point because that will be absolutely sweet. John, thank you for uh, All right. for coming on. We appreciate it. I know you didn't have much to do anyway, since you're kind of you're kind of. Winehouse, uh, I got to realize uh, Amy Winehouse was not in good shape at the end of her life. I just want to let you guys know that. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Appreciate all the things you learn right. when you're uh, when you're boarded up in your house due to a busted foot. So thanks, John. Should have gone to rehab like they asked you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Appreciate See it. Ya. Thanks, right. man. Right. See ya. That's Janesville Gazette sports writer John Barry uh, for the 100th episode of the Intentional Foul. Absolutely perfect. We'll. Uh, get to some thoughts on our uh, 100th episode here in uh, 
in just a second and, and kind of recap it. So awesome to have him on. Yeah, he's a good dude. So our 100th episode, you told me that you went back uh, on, an, uh, on an idea from loyal listener Matt, said go back, listen to episode one, and compare those. I didn't do that. I am a person, and this is very bad as a broadcaster, I don't listen to my body of work. I don't like my voice. I don't like my delivery. You want to point out things that I need to do better, that's fine. I'm not going to listen. You can listen to me critically, and you can tell me what I need to work on. I'm not going to go back and listen to myself. But do you listen to us every week after we post it? Not every week. Okay. Once in a while, I'll listen. And I and I don't listen to like the whole show. I'll listen to a little bit of mm-hmm. it just to make sure it sounds okay sure. and stuff. But okay. Um, well, first of all, just no. But obviously, Matt, thanks our thanks to our boy Bear yeah, for hopping on. Absolutely. I, mean, I that's. I mean, he's he, great. He is, and we probably could have done the whole episode oh, with him. Yeah. <laughs> No question. He, he doesn't have he anything else to, to do. And he loves to just shoot the shit about sports. So yes, that's, he does. That's fun. But. And it's nice having an enthusiastic guy about that stuff. For sure. Um, but, so yeah, you, I you went, went back, back. I went back and listened. Yeah, I got a note from uh, loyal listener Matt Murray. I got another note from loyal listener Ian Bame. They both went back and listened to the first episode. So I checked it out. Uh, it was only it was short. It was only about 42 minutes. Um, Compared to the. About oh, half the time of what we do now. Right, that's right. And uh, I, I was telling you. The format, we didn't really have a fo- – well, first of all, we didn't have a name. We didn't have a name to like, episode eight. But the format was very much seat of the pants. We didn't really have any kind of a formula like we do now where we have a little bit of a rundown. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which is better. I think the way we do it now is probably easier for you and probably I. probably is. Um, but, you know, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Brewers during their playoff run at the time. It was August of eight, 2018. Um, we talked a little bit about – um, the the kneeling stuff that was going on in the NFL sure. at the time, um, which uh, one of the one of our our listeners said maybe we could give our positions on it now. I don't know that mine's really changed. I didn't really care for it then. I don't. I'm not in love with it now, but I just don't really care. Just show me the game, and that and that's kind of my and my position also has not changed. It's not a. A big bonus for me to watch where I say these athletes are speaking up for what they believe in, and it's also not a detractor from me from watching sports because you, you've you gotten so many people that are now so politicized by this where it's like these athletes are overpaid. Now they're sticking their nose in business. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm not engaging, the, and I'm not taking in their product. I'm staying away because of that. I think that's way one opposite end of the spectrum from – from some folks, I'm I'm just in the middle where it's like, okay, I realize it's happening, and I'll take a listen to you. And then on the other hand, I'm still going to watch the games anyway. And even though they're you know wanting me to draw my attention elsewhere, I mean, other than a Brewer a Buck game, I really don't watch the beginning of the game. I, I mean, my days of watching the pregame and oh, then God. sitting there and waiting no. for opening kickoff, like I just don't. I'm just doing other stuff yes. while it's on, right? I'm not. I'm not paying attention to it. So, I, whatever yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was funny. You know, you said it a couple times during the first show. You know, we don't know how long this is going to last. Um, you know, we hope we don't know if anybody's going to listen. We don't know if we're you know going to be able to put anything worth listening to out there. So uh, it's been it's cool. You know, a little over two years. Yep. You know, we had a little bit of a layoff. A little, little bit of a hiatus. That's, you know, that's right. You carried us we, for Yeah, I had some, to do a stuff. few solo yep. ones during the early part of the, the pandemic. Then we figured out how to do it. Yep. 
um, from two yeah, locations. You, you, and, and, and you made an investment in our in some great equipment, yeah. which is awesome because we were some of the time going down to the studio to record stuff. And yeah, now, we would have never been able to do it. Right. We so would have had to quit. Now we're in Studio B, which stands for basement mm-hmm. uh, at, at at your place. But this is this is what stuff. This is the professional stuff that people use. And you you invested in this couple of microphones, and we're we're able to get some guests on. Which I mean, it's good technology to have if you're gonna if you're serious about this kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, so and thank it, you for that. Yeah, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't breaking the bank to get this stuff and I'm just kind of the if I'm going to do this something something like this, I want to do it right. And uh, Absolutely. you know, and, and invest in a little bit of money in this yep. is uh as as a nice little hobby. I mean, you know, shit between this and getting back into buying baseball, baseball and cards. basketball <laughs> cards the last couple of months cuz I'm bored. Um, it's, it's been, it's been nice to be able to do this, you know, weekly with you and, sure. and shoot, shoot the shit a little bit. And, you know, during basketball season, you and I see each other several times during the week mm-hmm. and, you know, we're always texting and stuff, but, um, you know, during the spring, summer and, and fall, we don't really sit across the table from each other nope. too much. So it's, no. so it's nice to do this with basketball season and multiple days with multiple games. There might be some weeks where, you know, I just can't get away from the house. Well, if I'm, if I'm gone for four nights, I got to be at home. You and, know what and, I mean? Well, and with the crazy schedule, I mean, you know, we had a game last night on a Tuesday, right? Um, there's going to be Monday games, Wednesday, Wednesday games. So it doesn't matter. We're so. going to try to fit these in, yep. but if if we do miss a week here in the short term going forward, it's just because we're, it's just cause we're slopped. Right, because we're busy working. Um, you want to get to your, your announcement, or do you have any more to say about our first, no. first episode? Um, so when the pandemic then the quarantine happened in the spring, you know, we didn't really know where we were going to be at with sports. I mean, especially at the local level. I mean, you know, we kind of thought, you know, optimistically that by the fall this would die down. Right, that we would, we could have football. But then as we progressed more into the summer, we kind of figured that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And then you start looking at the winter season. And, I mean, you know, we didn't think that was going to happen and really until it did happen. So I, like everybody else, just was going through a bunch of old stuff around my house at my parents' house. And I found a bunch of old Craig high school basketball games on tape. So like VHS, VHS tape. That's um, all from the nineties. There's one thing from uh, 87, but all the games are from 90 to 99. Now grant, you know, full disclosure, I'm in half of them. Because, you know, it doesn't matter. we were on TV a sure. lot at the yep. time, and my parents recorded all the games. So I took all the VHSs. I got a dubber upstairs. Was this on Johnson Cable? Is that so, what? Well, some, some of them were Marcus Cable. Marcus Cable. Um, I mean, all the way back to Jones Inner Cable, oh I think, in the, in the early 90s. That's outstanding. Um, so what I did was I took them from VHS, I put them on a DVD, and then I took the DVD and I decided I was going to put them on YouTube. So I created a YouTube page. It's called Janesville Craig Hoops Classics, and I'm going to activate it tonight once we get off here. awesome. I think I've got 22 or 23 games. Um, I was kind of planning on having this and releasing it when the high school season was supposed to start if we didn't have games. But because we had a few games and people were able to watch them live stream, I thought, well, I'll just hold off to the hundredth episode for, for so we have at least something, something kind of right. kind of cool on, yep, on this absolutely. show. So I put these games on. Um, 
Some of them are off of local cable. Uh, some of them are just old game tapes of, okay. you know, the managers up at the top of the bleachers sure. filming the game. There's no announcing. Frankly, uh, those some of those games are better. Some of the <laughs> announcing, man, I'm telling you, it is unbelievably awful. <laughs> but but like straight comedy. I mean mispronounced just butchering names oh, and, and and it's you know our my boy DeSormo yes. everybody remembers Simba yep. from Let's Talk Sports he's on a couple of games doing some some analyst work so it's it's pretty funny um most of the games and I had you even look at this when I uploaded them to YouTube they were breaking the games up into segments the most I could get was a 30 minute segment it was somehow something with the way it was transferred from the tape to the DVD, DVD that we I couldn't quite figure it out. So when you look at the at the page, each game there's going to be two or three uh, different little videos. Uh, you know, some are thirty minutes, some are as short as like five or six minutes mm-hmm. if it's the end of the game that you can watch. Um, I will admit to one sad thing that I did while watching these. Um, I actually watched all of these games and I did the book. Because I had nothing to do, I had nothing to do. You went out and bought a scorebook. Oh, no, I've 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 had some old ones here. Oh, so I sat God. down and I just did the book for for Craig. Sure. I didn't do it for the other team except for the first game, um, which was uh, one of the first ones I'll release. I did I did it for both teams, but um, that's so you're you Bob Euchre is talking to you. If you score along with us at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's sure. what you were that, doing. That's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> because there's some of these games are um, oh guys have some ridiculous games. Sure. And they, and I just was like, dude, how many assists these guys have? How many how many rebounds? How many steals? So I did it as good as I could. Um, I, I tried to be as accurate as possible. I didn't get too liberal that's with some of this awesome. stuff. Um, there There's a uh, there's a nice cameo by Tony Romo in one of the videos. Uh. Um uh, there's some NBA, There's an NBA player in one of the videos. There's a lot of college uh, Division One players in some of these videos. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to release two a week. I'm going to do one Tuesday night. I'll release the first one tonight. Um, it's going to be the 1987 season recap. It's about I think it's two. I think it's two videos, but it's about 38 minutes. Uh, it's Coach Suter's first year as the varsity coach. Um, with one of his best teams that he ever had. They were number one in the state most of the year. Um, I'm going to release that one today, and then I think I'm going to do one Friday, um, and that one is going to be the greatest high school game I've ever seen in person, which is the uh, 1990 regional semifinal, so first game of tournament. Number two Beloit hosting uh, Craig. You and I talked about this because when the seating was made back in the day, you already knew who you were going yes. to play before yes. the season started. Yep. Regardless of rank, no record, whatever. It's like we already know our tournament yes. assignment. It's right there. And at the end of the day, at the end of the thing, it's one against two. And what happened a lot in the seventies, eighties, and nineties was you had a lot of Craig Beloit matchups in the in the regionals, and they were two of the five or ten best teams in the state. This particular year, Beloit's two. I think Craig's either like ten or twelve because Beloit. Was Beloit was undefeated. They won the Big Eight. They pounded Craig twice. Beloit had Ty Evans and Michael Hodges, two of the best players to ever play there. Both played in at Division One Richmond, and then Ty ended up his career at Whitewater as one of the best players to ever play there. And then Craig had Lagerman, the Jacksons, and Berlowski. So he had six D one basketball players 
in this game. Oh it ends up in the 90s. Um, it's it's a wild game. It's a lot of fun. The atmosphere is nuts. The video quality is not great. I mean, there's no HD in the early 90s or even late 90s. <laughs> right. you got to remember that. But um, So those are the two I'm going to release first. Hope to get some views. Hope That's people check cool. them out. Absolutely. Um, I know when Tony Hummel did this a few years ago on Local Vision, he put some games up. People people really got a kick out of it, a lot of comments and stuff. So um, well, Make sure you put on your yeah, Facebook, Twitter feed, yep. all, all that Jamesville stuff. Craig, J- Jamesville Craig Hoops Classics, if you just type that into YouTube starting tomorrow. Okay. You'll be able to check some stuff out. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, I, that's that, that's really people, cool. People, you know, it's a little Bruce Springsteen glory daisy, but it was like I had nothing to do, and I thought people might want to watch this shit. People are... And we, we know enough people here locally that go to high school games right. religiously. Yes. And they can't go this year. Right. And with some of this streaming, it's not even free. Right. So... They were charging five bucks the other day to, to log on to a game, and I, that's just ass. So go on YouTube, watch the stuff. You know, you don't have to be a member to watch. You don't have to sign up for YouTube to watch it. Anybody can watch it. You want to drop a comment on there, fine. You want to leave us a comment on Facebook or Twitter, um, I'd certainly appreciate that. But uh, it's not like the bracket. I'm not asking anybody to do anything. Just sit there and watch some that's stuff. That's outstanding. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very cool thing to do, and that's a, that's a great place to. You know, and maybe we can get some of the younger kids into, into watching it, and they can kind of see what these gyms used to be like. Right. And we're not just telling stories. Right. You, this, this is the way the glory days were, mm-hmm. and this is what we wish they were like now. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I hope I, I hope we get a lot of follows. I'll probably watch a couple of them. So, um, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to that. The the first one is great. Sudsy has hair. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got like he the you hear. know he's got the he's got yeah. the he's got the nice tight polo oh, on, little chest hair flowing out. He's got a little flowage going. Little, it's 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 great. It's great. That is the 100th episode of the Intentional Foul. We've gone a long time. We thank you if you're here till the end, um, listening, downloading, subscribing. We appreciate you. Hopefully, we're here for a hundred more. That'd That's be right. that'd be something. That would be somebody. So, maybe someday will pay us. I'm not counting on it though. Please tell your friends. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>